We all know there's a lot of haters out there. A lot of them have, however, been coming for Colorado ever since one Mr. Deion Sanders was hired. But Coach Prime had a message for those haters. I'm going to talk about that message on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked On Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borba. Today's episode, we got a good one. We're talking about Coach Prime silencing the haters or kind of fueling the haters, if you will. Um, we're going to talk about Colorado's revenue and expenses and kind of where they rank around the Pac-12 average. And then you guys asked them, I'm going to answer mailbag questions at the end of the episode, um, like we do every Friday. That's going to be my every Friday thing as my everydayers know. So without further ado, let's dive right into this episode because I'm telling you, we got a good one ahead of us. Um, Coach Prime has obviously has generated a lot of attention around Colorado. But with attention comes people hating, um, criticizing, uh, sometimes even belittling the program, if you will. And he had a he had a, pretty much a bold statement. Um, he this was part of the Joel Klatt interview, which I don't know how I missed this part, but he basically said because people were talking, they were talking about um, fans not having a full grasp of the state of the program that just finished one eleven, um, and then Coach Prime said, "No, they do. They just want to take a shot at me." And I'm good with that. He's like, they do. They know what it was. But that this is their opportunity to take a shot. And then this is this is the part where I was like, oh, Coach Prime. He always has these good one-liners. And he told Joel Klatt he doesn't rehearse them, which I believe him. It's just they're so good. It's kind of like hard to believe they're not rehearsed because he's literally – it's like – I don't even know. He's just like spitting bars. And it's hard to accept that someone is just that naturally gifted at um, creating these – these elegant, like speak spoken, oh, wow, speaking words, spoken words. Like he's just like the Louis luggage thing. He said he didn't script that. This didn't script it. And so it's just like it comes to him off the, off the dome. And it's just amazing. But he said, no, they do. They just want to take a shot. I mean, I'm good with that. They know what it is, but this is their opportunity to take a shot. But they better shoot now because in a moment, you're not going to be able to shoot. For those not listening or for those not watching, that was me snapping like I was at a poetry slam or something because that was top tier. Um, but I really think it's true. I think even if um, Colorado has an average, like say they win six games, that's that's like that's the huge jump I was talking about on yesterday's episode. Um, but even then, Colorado's going to be in a position probably by next year where they're going to be contending for at a minimum, the PAC 12 championship and anything beyond that New York six bowl game, very much in play. Um, so I think he's kind of playing on the fact that all these people are going to come at him now because when he starts having success, there's going to be a lot more um, Colorado supporters. Uh, I think especially in the media, there's been a lot of people that whenever they get a chance to talk about Colorado, um, they kind of, I think they like they smile because one, they know that talking about Deion Sanders is going to generate a ton of attention. But two, when they kind of I don't want don't want to curse on the show, when they kind of talk down, belittle Coach Prime in Colorado, they also know that's going to do well for them and their viewership. So um, 
I think Coach Prime's just kind of milking it. Um, I also think it's a good mindset to have for this Colorado team because I think if you were to just solely go off the positives in that locker room and be like, we're the number one transfer class. This roster was horrible last year. Now it's upgraded. I think it kind of gives them that mentality of we're playing from um, f- playing from behind. Like the, it's the world versus us. And I think those teams that have the it's us versus them mentality, I feel like they usually do better. Um, and if I just feel like they're usually chippier. And I think a chippy Colorado team um, wanting to prove people wrong about them being just as bad as they were the year prior, despite upgrading the entire roster. I think that's a good mindset to have. And I think that's there's a reason that Buffs fans are so excited. Um, but there's also a reason that non-Buffs fans and other college football fans have been so vocal about their doubts. It's because, one, um, Coach Prime, he he just ascended to the top super quickly. Um, he m- makes it look easy, to be honest. He walked into Jackson State after being a, a coordinator at the high school level or a coach at the high school level, um, immediately successful. Um led them to a great record right away, um, was recruiting at a high clip, transfers at a high clip, gets a power five job three years later, very in the Pac-12, um, finds immediate success. Success. So I think people are a little shook about how quick he does these things. And I think, two, people don't like change. Um, he's kind of changing. Three, uh, Deion Sanders, the person, athlete, whoever, he's always been someone that has been controversial. And so I think people, they like to – you either love to watch him or you love to hate him. And I feel like that's the kind of personality he's always had. And I don't think that's going to be something that changes. And so I think that's something he embraces. It's like a, it's like an anti-villain role because to some, because like to some, he's a hero or an anti-hero. Um, Cause to some he's, he has good motives. He's a good guy, but to others he's their, he's their villain. So I think they're embracing this us against them role and I, or mentality. And I think it's going to help them um, a lot in the upcoming season. Um, but Hey, well, again, like I say, pretty much every episode, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I will say though, pretty confident that coach prime has got these guys head in the right direction. Um, this show, this locked on bus episode is brought to you by bird dogs. Um, bird dogs, they make you look good. They have stretchy khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. Um, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit better. Um, they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Um, they fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs use anti stink, sweat, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Um, so if you want to go to birddogs.com slash locked on to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order, you should because. They look great. You can wear them just about anywhere. So, like I said, that go to bird dogs, go to birddogs.com, excuse me, slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college with a, for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Okay, back to it. Let's dive right in. Um, I was recently asked about where Colorado stands financially, and I thought that was a good question. Um, I thought it was a little longer of a topic than a, like a quick mailbag thing. Um, so the USA today recently did a deep dive of all of the finances revenue. Um, they did revenue expenses of all the college football programs. Um, at least the, the 133, uh, or no, they did all of them. Wow. They went all the way down to 232 new Orleans. They did all the top or division one schools, I guess. Um, so I wanted to talk about 
where Colorado ranks. They ranked 51st in the country. Um, according to the USA Today, uh, their total revenue was 94 million, 94.8 million, um, which ranked a little below average um, despite being terrible this past year. They had over $19 million in uh, ticket sales, which was their highest ticket sales ever. So I imagine that number is going to skyrocket <laughs> this next season with Coach Prime. Um, other interesting notes. Let's see about this. They also, um, their revenue increased by around, we'll say $50 million. Total revenue increased from 21, 21 to 22. Um, their 2022 revenue was the most they've had since uh, 2020 um, when they generated 95.5 million. Um, so obviously they're trending in the right direction. I think total revenue is probably going to exceed. If I had to guess, I would, I feel like with Carl Durrell, if they're getting 94, I feel like with coach prime, it's going to skyrocket even more. I'm not a financial analyst, but that'd be my non-expert prediction. And then expenses. Um, this is where I think, um, Colorado kind of, well, they'll probably see some numbers go up. Ex total expenses, uh, 95.9. Um, coaching staff, coaching slash staff, and this is the entire athletic department, 34.8, um, which Coach Prime got $6 million, um, this past year to assemble his staff. So assuming they have that same budget, uh, about 17% of the the coaching budget is going to football. Um, scholarships, they spent $12 million. Facilities, they spent $17.6,000, which is um, not too bad. Um, the stretch from 2017 to 2020, they spent over $20 million per year. Um, 2021, they spent $8 million. Um, so I wonder with Coach Prime and Town if there were some bigger, some bigger upgrades. And then, yeah, so... Spending-wise, Colorado's right around the middle of the pack. Um, I think realistically, that's not surprising. Um, for comparison, programs that rank ahead of them, UCLA, um, this is just total, like all, all the programs in college football, uh, Kansas State, North Carolina State, UCLA, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Maryland, Rutgers, Tech, Texas Tech, excuse me, Mississippi State, Iowa State, Purdue, Utah, um, the top spenders, let's go from there. Ohio State, Texas, Bama, Michigan, Georgia, LSU, A&M, Florida, Penn State, Oklahoma. So basically the SEC um, <laughs> and a couple Big Ten schools. Uh, but again, I think this is, while they were average in spending this past year, I think what we're going to see is since Coach Prime is here, they're, they're putting more of an investment into college football, um, which is a good thing. Um, that was one of the big takeaways that from every guest I've had so far is that they're by hiring coach prime and spending the amount of money they spent on him. Uh, they're definitely investing more in their college football program, which is a big deal. Um, especially when this is probably going to be their most profitable, profitable year ever. Um, so, or a profitable tenure ever. So you got to make sure that you take advantage. Um, before we move on locked on NBA's mock draft special is here. And it's bigger than ever. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On could deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On College, or excuse me, Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. So back to the Colorado revenue stuff. Um, 
I, I really feel like it's a it's going to trend upward. I think there's, um, like just for example, because I wrote about this from the spring game alone, they made over three hundred thousand um, dollars, and that's that's pretty good, um, especially when you consider that doesn't even include the TV uh, stuff. So, I mean, Colorado trending up financially, um, which the more they trend up, the better the program is going to be in better situation. So realistically, it's going to be, it's going to be a great, a lot of, a lot of in the, in the black, I believe is what it's called. Um, for those of you that are those financial analyst types of people. Um, so yeah, Colorado in the black, they kind of rank in the middle of the pack in the pack 12 for spending. Now, um, next year when this list comes out, I assume they will be near the top or, uh, near the top of the Pac-12, and they'll probably go up a few spots in the national rankings. But, again, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, let's dive right into your mailbag questions. I wanted to leave a hefty amount of time because there were some good questions I wanted to dive into. So when we come back, we're going to be talking mailbag questions. How much returning production does Colorado have? Where does it rank? How often will 1-11 be brought up when the media is talking about Colorado? We'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Welcome back. Um, we're talking mailbag. You guys asked them. I answered them. It's all, that's just how we do it here at Locked on Bus. Um, so throughout the, the week or last week too, because I had a, a guest on on Friday, um, we answer mailbag questions. Um, I try to I try to answer all of them, but if there's a lot, which I got a few, I got some really good ones um, in the comments and in my DMs. So Really appreciate those questions. Keep them flowing. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of discussions, a lot of questions about Colorado um, that people want to know about. So that's why I do this because I think realistically, in college football, we all we always have questions, but they don't always get answered. So let's start with our mailbag question number one: Shiloh Sanders. What will his stat line be? Which great question. Um, this one is one of the harder ones because. I don't really know how the safety room is going to shake out. I think he's going to be, if he doesn't start, he's going to be a main contributor. Contributor. Um, I do think he starts, um, at least at first. I just feel like they have they have six. I wrote about it yesterday on Athlon. Go check it out. I wrote about the three position battles that are the most intriguing: um, receiver, safety, offensive, um, offensive line. Safety has six starting caliber safeties, so a lot of guys in there. Um, his best season, as I'm looking at it now, he recorded 32 total tackles, 32 total tackles, nine assists, tackles, um, and he did he did earn a all swack um, nod at one point. Let's see, but ESPN didn't have his updated stats. Okay, let me try that again. Okay, career stats at Jackson State, he had. Four picks in 2021. Um, realistically, I think I I feel confident saying around 30 tackles, two interceptions, and we'll go one fumble recovery to be a little spicy with it. Um, I think safeties, defensive backs are always hard to predict their starting or their their stats just because it's really all dependent on who like what their job is for certain plays. Is he gonna come down to the box more? Is he gonna be in coverage more? So I think around 30-ish tackles, two picks is my confident prediction for Shiloh Sanders. Um, next question. 
Why is the big the Big Twelve so vocal about dismantling the Pac twelve when the Big Ten is being silent about their expansion stuff? You know, I think it's kind of a a case of the it's always a I don't want to say this because it's going to create a whole thing, but I'm going to say it. In comparison to the Big Ten, the Pac twelve is small dog, so that's where I'm getting this. It's always those little chihuahuas that are yapping. Um, it's never the big like the bigger dogs, they don't, they don't have to yap to let people know that they're there. Um, people see the big dog and they're like, Oh, that's a big dog. Whereas a Chihuahua, they got to bark all the time. And so obviously I think the big 12 has done very well on um, this past season um, in term or this past year in terms of media rights stuff expansion. But when you compare it to the big 10 who makes the most money um, added lot, the Los Angeles market to their already having them to Washington DC and New York city market. Um, it's, I feel like they just the Big Ten really doesn't have anything. I mean, I won't say they have anything to gain, but the Big Ten doesn't need to expand, but they will if they if the opportunity presents itself. Whereas the Big Twelve, I think they know that they're in about five years, there's gonna be another round of expansion realignment. And so I think they're trying to get ahead of it. And so I think the more that they talk about it, the more confident they come off of, come off. And I also think it kind of helps them um in their head make a case for programs to join their conference. So that way when the next round comes, they're not caught off guard like they were with Texas and Oklahoma. But I think the big 12 also they're riding high and you can't fault them. I mean, the PAC 12 has had a PR nightmare this entire year. It's just been absolutely terrible. Um, every turn there's a deadline set and missed every turn. There's the big 12 firing shots that the PAC 12 has no answer for. So the big 12 kind of, they're kind of playing this bully role right now because they've just been able to do it. They haven't really had anybody, push back at them um, and they haven't had anybody prove them wrong yet. So that's why the big 12 is so kind of aggressive when it comes to talking about tearing down the pack 12. Okay. Next question, returning production. Um, I, I talk about, and I kind of changed the question a little bit, but the question was essentially how much gelling do Colorado's opponents have to do and where does Colorado rank in terms of gelling? Well, um, I wrote about it over on my all Cardinal site for where I cover Stanford, but I wrote about this whole for the whole Pac-12. Um, in terms of returning production, Colorado ranked. Um, this was back in February, so the number has definitely declined, con- um, considering they don't return as much starters. Um, but Stanford ranks, which these are the teams that Colorado plays. Uh, in the country, they rank 129th. They return just 35% of their production. Arizona State um, ranks 109th, only returned 53. Arizona, 90th in the country. Washington State, 78th. UCLA, 59. Oregon, 54. They return 65% of their production. Oregon State, 65%. Cal, 68% of their production. Um, Washington, Washington returns 73%. Utah returns so much, 76%. USC also 76%. So obviously Colorado's towards the bottom. Um, that's what happens when you move on from so many people. But realistically, I think the TCU, they have a lot of gelling to do. Um, I don't know how big of a factor familiarity plays, but I feel like when obviously during fall camps and stuff, these teams are going to get together and they're going to obviously build these connections. But I still feel like there's a difference in games, and I feel like there's still going to be growing pains, which is why I bring it up, um, because I think a lot of the times people think there's like a concrete reason why a team struggled. Like, oh, they only scored ten points, so ten points, so the offense was bad. It's like, or was the offense bad, or 
was the offense just not executing on situational things. I wouldn't say that's bad if they have good showing, but they don't execute. Um, so I think there's just more external factors that people don't really consider, which is why I always bring up um, uh, them gelling. I don't think there's an analytical factor for that. Um, I just think once they, once the team really gels together, we'll know. Um, once they hit their stride and kind of all learn each other's trends and tendencies, I feel like we'll know. I just, uh, there's not a metric for it. I just feel like that's just, there's my stance. I think it's kind of similar in basketball and stuff. So um, final question, and this is a good one. Uh, I try to not bring it up as much because obviously um, there's someone always counting down there, but he actually asked this question. Um, one in 11, how often will be brought up by journalists, broadcasters? Um, I think it'll brought, be brought up if I had to guess per game, probably like six times per game. So times that by 12, 72, um, 72 times in the season. Plus the more, say, the more Colorado wins, every article is going to have it. So I would probably say it's going to be brought up every single time you read about Colorado um, the entire year, um, especially if they win a few games because people are going to be like from 1-11 to whatever their record is. Or from last year, they were 1-11. Now they have, like if, when Colorado wins two games, they're going to be like, They've already doubled their wins from last year. So 1-11 is going to be probably one of the most annoying storylines, but it's going to be a prominent storyline. So just get prepared for that. Um, really appreciate your guys' questions. Again, make sure to like, subscribe, share this Locked On Bus podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day. My everydayers, I appreciate you guys. Um, again, I will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, and hopefully enjoy enjoy the show.